Welcome back to Manantial Church Podcast. We are here to reach, teach, and empower you with the Word of God. We encourage you to take notes and share this message. Remember, here at Manantial, we are family. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Somebody say with me, hope and future. See, God's plans are always better than our plans. Uh, we do not many times see everything the way he's seen it. And today I want to invite you to see that what he has in front of you is better than anything you're leaving behind you. I don't know how many of you guys remember this. And I don't know if it was junior high or elementary. How many of you guys remember this? Yes, a compass. Um, I didn't really like doing homework. Anybody else? I wanted to go outside with my friends. When we would go outside with, my, with our friends, come on, when we had fun and, you know, I, I, I didn't have to be virtual. I was real. Okay, all right. I'll just leave it there. So, um, you know, I, I remember I would have to do a lot of homework with this. And the precision of me making sure that I was marking the center, the center of the circle, depending on the size that they would tell me that I had to do, uh, that will determine the size of the circle. Somebody say with me, circles. So I would, you know, make sure that I had it there. When I wanted to make a big circle, I'd just go ahead and expand it more so I could have more space for the circle. See, the center determined the size of the circle. Whatever you put in your life as the center, if it's you, I'm telling you, man, your circle is going to be small. When you start growing and you start having family, you start caring for others. That's what the enemy doesn't like family because then it's all about you and your circle is pretty small. So you never live out God-given promise in your life because you're so worried about your circle. But when you give God your life, he becomes the center. And you start caring for others. You start hurting for others. Now you no longer just want to do things for yourself, but you think about your family. You think about those around you. So your circle starts getting bigger. And, and Christ becomes the center. But I want you to get this. As Christ is the center, he keeps on expanding us. Come on, anybody growing here? If I can just give you this, you know, you don't go to a place, you grow to a place. Your next assignment is not on you going, it's on you growing. Less of me, more of him. So, God, how come I feel so numb? How come I feel, uh, you know, that I'm not doing anything with my life? How come I, I'm, I don't have that drive anymore? How come, God, how come? Can I tell you, maybe it's time for you to expand your circle? Somebody, somebody say expand your circle. Stop thinking just about you and start marking new territory, but keep him in the center, in the center of your finances, in the center of your relationships, in the center of your marriage, in the center of your job and everything that you do, and everything starts getting big. The problem is that we're finite, and this right here doesn't fit God. Anybody ever went, go to, gone through like a hard time in their life? Come on, raise your hand if you ever gone. I'm talking about like a hard time. They're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep going. I don't know if I can, you know, like you want to quit, and I want to remind you, you only lose if you quit can't quit but man when you're in that place and you feel stretched out where are you god i have you in the center i'm trying to reach you i'm trying to go over you. and but see you're finite so your circle could never reach what he has for you so what i want to teach you today is how to take your life into him somebody say with me circles 
The problem is I would try to fit God in my problem. And everything shifted. It was a paradigm shift in my life when I stopped trying to do things my way. Even though I had God there, I was still trying to mark up to what point he would go. So I became religious. Come on, somebody smile, please. So I had to speak in tongues in order to be with God. And though it is a gift of the Spirit, that's not. Come on. So I had to, like, I would come to church to see what they would give me instead of come to church to serve Him and to be with Him. Am I preaching to somebody? So I'll be in a relationship with my wife, even though it's Christ in the center, and I'm telling her, this is where you can go, say with me, control. The problem was control. And then He took me into this place where I want to invite you into, where He not only is the center, He has a compass. It's His life, not my life. I no longer live, but now Christ lives in me. He doesn't fit here, but my life, my problem, my loss, my pain, my success. See, you're never too small. You're never in such pain. You're never too weak. Look at me, please. Your failure is not final. You're never too low that God cannot take you in. But you're never too big either that you're going <laughs> to be bigger than him. So you got to learn to take your failures, but you got to learn to learn, take your successes. Come on, can we be real? Sometimes having success is harder because we stop following God. I had a friend uh, that told me yesterday, uh, well, pastor, you know, I used to use God as a spare tire. I'm like, I'm going to use that as a preaching, man. Anytime I, was, anytime I was hurting, anytime I was emergency, come on, somebody, anybody followed emergency God, say, oh, yeah. yeah. It's true, we do it. We do it. Follow emergency God. You know, that's, that's what we need him. He's like, but everything shifted when he became my motor. That's what I'm inviting you to do today. I want you to make your circle not only bigger. I'm inviting you to go into his circle, into his will, into what he has for you. So then anything in my life, pain, victories, he's big enough. Somebody say with me, my God. I don't hear you say, my God is big enough. So I would take my life into him. And that's the story I, I want to talk to you about today. In Joshua chapter 14, if you have your Bible, I want to I talk to you about that story, about taking our life to him and to his promise and to what he had said in our lives. Joshua tw- uh, chapter 14. Anybody here heard the story about uh, Joshua and Caleb? Moses gets the people out of Egypt and he sends, he has a promise from God that they're going to conquer, they're going to take new ground, they're going to have a promised land. They were slaves. God's taking them to a new place and he sends spies out. Joshua and Caleb are the only ones that look and say, we can do this. The other 10 say, you can't do it. So the people do not believe Joshua and Caleb. So therefore, they stay in the desert for 40 years. Come on, somebody, look at me, please. I want to get you out of the desert today. I want to get you out of the desert today into what God has promised for you. So if you're ready to go into the Word of God, if you're ready to receive today and you're awake and you came on purpose to church, come by somebody. You didn't just come to church to see what happened. You came on purpose to church. Say with me, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. John chap- uh, Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Canaanite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. He's telling Caleb, Caleb's telling Joshua, you know what, what they told us, what they promised us. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. 
And I brought him back a report. Look at this. According to what? Come on, this is why it's so important that you have convictions. I brought a report according to my beliefs, according to my morals, according to my faith. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to, according to what the Word of God said, according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God. What does it say right there? With my whole heart, I follow God. No matter if the other people were there, I said what the Lord had put in my heart. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance. Listen to this. The land that you're walking on, that you're believing for, is your inheritance. You don't have to, you don't have to, listen, you don't have to see if it will happen. It's yours for the taking. And that of your children, somebody say forever. It's your inheritance, but it's not only for you, it's for the next generation. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive. How many years? I don't hear you. How many years? For 45 years is the time He had said to Moses. While, while Israel moved about in the wilderness, because they didn't believe. So here I am today, 85 years old. Come on, somebody. I want to see the church. Where are my 85-year-olds in the house? I want you to see that God's timing is always perfect. There's no, listen, there's no time wasted in God when you follow what He promised. Even if you stay 45 years waiting for it. I am still a strong, wow. I need you guys to read this verse with me. I need you to make it a proclamation in your spirit. Are you ready? Verse 11, let's read it together. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Wow, you didn't hear me. I'm just as strong and I'm just as vigorous. Somebody say, I want it. I have the will to go because God's will is in me. You lose will when God's will is no longer in you. But I know many young people without a promise, without God's will in their life, living in their own will, on their own compass, therefore, they don't want to go out and get more. But when you live in God's will, you're always looking for better because He is a God that has better. Amen. The best of God is yet to come in your life. So he goes there right there and says, I'm still, look, and I know old people, okay, we call them old, but they're young in spirit. Come on, my grandpa, if you will see him, you will be like, man, this guy, he's fitter than me. He works out more than me. He always has something to do. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle. Listen to this. I have an inheritance, but I'm willing to fight for it. Tell the person next to you, tell me, you have to fight. You have to fight. Some of you guys are like, I'm, Pastor, we just, we just got in a fight before we came to church. And not that kind of fight. You know what I'm talking about. Now, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me. Oh, come on. I hope you see this. Give me that hill country. Somebody has to go and look higher. Give me that that the Lord has promised me. That day, you yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large. And fortified. See, you would see giants, I will see a promise. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as He said. The Lord helping me, I will see my kids back in church. Come on, I'm, I'm prophesying out. The, kid, the Lord helping me, my marriage is going to be better. 
The Lord helping me, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna have to give. The Lord helping me, I'll be restored in health again. The Lord helping me, come on, somebody has a promise. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him gave him Hebron as his inheritance. By the way, Hebron is a place where the presence of God will come down. That's your promise. Caleb has been fighting for how many years? 45 years. I need you to get this. He's conquering land and giving that to everybody else. His circle was bigger. He was inside God's will for him. He wasn't doing, he wasn't in the center. Jesus was in the center and some of us have been expanded, but now it's time to go and say with me full circle. I believe we're going into a full circle moment right now in history. Full circle moment. God's taking us back to him. I hope you hear this. What you, what you think is pain, what you think is chaos, is turning the hearts of people to him. We have forgotten about him. We made idols about other things. We said we didn't need him. I pray that you will unite with me in prayer that our heart will be turn our hearts to you. See, our circle is so small that our prayer is about getting a new car and having a new house. But when you get into his will, your prayer changes. God, I pray my family will be saved. You don't, you don't pray for yourself anymore. Uh, I'm telling you, if you get in the will of God, your circle will expand and your life will have purpose like never before. But you got to say, God, take me full circle. Somebody say full circle. Full circle to that promise. Look, years ago, uh, we drove back from Dallas to move into El Paso. I didn't want to move to El Paso. I was happy in Dallas. I love that place. I still go. I have family. I, I love to go on vacation there. I like to go visit. Uh, I just love the atmosphere. Come on, Cowboy Nation in the house. You know, I just, I, you know, Mavs. And, and you know, I just, I just love the ambiance. I could even do ministry over there. I love it. And God says, I want you back to El Paso. I promise you, if you stay in El Paso or you come to El Paso, it's because God called you. Come on, somebody smile at least. You know, it's like, it's like you have family, so God called you to your family. You know what I'm saying? You know, or, or, or you have something, you know, uh, come on, my army people in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like God called you to this desert. You know what I'm saying? Like God brought you to that. I love you. Thank you for your yes. You know, but uh, God calls you to this. But I really believe it's because God brings springs in the middle of the desert. And that's why God is keeping this people. He's bringing a remnant out of this place. And I'm telling you, our city is about to go to a different place. I hope you see this, and I hope you're part of the growth and be a leader in what God is doing in our city. Be a leader in what God is doing in our church. And as I'm coming, I'm driving back, I'm telling Anna, listen, we're going back. It's half the pay of what we have over here. Why are we going back? You know, but, but I'm crying. I, I feel in my spirit God calling me. So she says, God's going to give us more. God's going to give us better. So let's dream about our house. We both just finished college. We transferred to a job over here, and we start drawing our house. True story. She's telling me, I want a house with high ceilings. This is the way I want the front. This is the way I want uh, this and this. This is the way. And I'm like, I don't care about anything inside. My kitchen, my restroom. Come on, ladies. My closet, you know. And I'm like, I just want my backyard. Just give me my backyard and a man cave, and I'm good. You know, I'm good. Just, you can take the whole house. I don't care. Just, just give me that place that's mine and, and you're good. Whatever you want, my love. You know, I shouldn't have said that because she gave me like this much of closet. But okay, that's another thing. So um, we get here. We start applying for houses. Our income is half. So they, they give us, you know, like this is what you can buy. Thank God the price of the houses were a lot less than they are today. <laughs> okay. So uh, thank you, Jesus. So I'm there, you know, and I'm, I'm getting the house, uh, and I'm like, this is the house. And she looks at me, and she's like, this is not the house. This is not the promise. 
I need you to get this. Don't settle for anything that God, that God didn't promise in your life. Don't settle for that relationship if God didn't promise it in your life. Don't, don't settle for that job if God didn't promise it in your life. You're not hearing me. Don't settle for a church. Come on. Don't settle. I was like, hey, don't be greedy. You have to be thankful. You know how religious people are? Why do you want so much house? We don't even have kids. She's like, it's because I already see my kids. You got to learn to make decisions in the next season of your life. Make decisions in the next season of your life. Align to his promise, to what he says. Somebody say full circle. To where he is, that's where I make decisions. Not where I am, but where he is. So two weeks before we close in that house, they call me. The, the uh, loan officer calls me and says, hey, uh, Pepe, listen. That house that you're gonna, they're going to close, we're closing in two weeks. But two houses down, there's a two-story house that the owners did a boo-boo and they bought a car before they closed on the house. So therefore, they're no longer approved for the house. Uh, credit doesn't work the way you think it works. So <laughs> it's not unlimited. Okay. So, <laughs> so she says, it's going to take a month to get ready, but if you want it, you can just come and sign it. You still get to pick all the colors of the house inside and out. I said, what? How much is it going to cost me? My wife is hearing. She's speaking in tongues, bro. I'm telling you. And they go, um, what's the price? She's like, the price is this much more, but the interest rates just dropped yesterday, so your payment will be less. We opened the house, guys. Look at me, please. Exactly the drawing. Except the stairs. Exactly the drawing. Many times you miss God because you made yourself the center and you want control. And your decisions are not as good as His. But to recognize and say, I'm not good enough, God. No matter how much I expand, I'm not good enough. I want you. I don't want me. I, 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 want, I, want, a, I want you. In um, Joel chapter 2, Scripture says, I will repay you. I need you to get this, okay? Please don't just le- read Scripture. I need, you to, I need you to get the Scripture in your spirit. This is spiritual food. I will repay you for the what? I didn't hear you. I will repay you for what? It doesn't say I will repay you for your loss. It doesn't say, I will repay you for your relationship that hurts you. It doesn't say, I will repay you for the job where they fired you. I need you to get this, please. I will repay you for what? For your faithfulness. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust and the young locust, another locust and the locust swarm. I will repay you for everything the enemy has taken for you, and you stayed faithful. My great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat. Come on, somebody, receive this. Until you are what? Complete. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. This is why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore because you're going to praise me. Never again will my people be ashamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am in your family, that I am in your church, that I'm in your city, that I'm in your nation, that I am the Lord your God and that there is no other. There's no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Tell the person next to you, 
God will turn, come on, tell him, God will turn your shame into victory. But you have to bring it to Him. But there's purpose in your pain. You know that? Um, I know we hear no pain, no gain. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The, the, the heavens don't work the way we work. I'll put it to you this way. Look, in a demand and supply economy, uh, if you want something, it will get more expensive according to the demand, correct? And because there's limited resources. Somebody understanding this. There's limited resources. So if I put a demand, it's going to finish. And this, and the, in the economy that we live, the shoes that I showed you several months ago, you know, it's limited supply. Come on, Jordan 11s. Anybody? Come on, sneaker heads in the house, okay? You know what I'm saying? Okay, it's limited supply. That's an investment, honey. Okay, all right. I just give you a line. So, you know, here it is, and you got this right here. And if you put a demand in it, it will go. It will cost you more. I need you to get this. It will cost you more, and it would finish. Anything you try in this world, that's the way it is. You will never be satisfied. You leave you empty because you always want more, and it will finish. In heaven, the demand and supply economy is different. The enemy always tries to flip around and just, and he, he always tries to imitate what heaven is like. In the, in the economy of heaven, this is the way it works. Faith is your currency. You didn't hear me. It's not what I have, it's who he is. Okay. So his supply is unlimited. In fact, look at me please. The more demand I put on it, the more I want what he has for me, the more the supply increases. I don't know if you hear me this. So the next level in your life is according to what you can believe of him. So if you get to this place of believe, this is what you get. And now he stretches you over here. So now whatever, listen, everything that is in heaven is available to you when you align yourself to his heart, not my will, to his life, not my life. So therefore, the higher the demand, the higher the the supply. I don't think you're understanding this. Heaven's economy works different. Faith is your currency. You have to raise your expectation. He will restore. Nothing is lost in the name of Jesus in your life, but you got to put a demand. How do I put a demand to the person next to you? Worship. Amen. You got to worship him. Amen. God, you're worthy, but this is happening in my life. God, this hurts, but I'm taking it to you. This is how. Somebody say full circles. This is how full circles happen and God takes you back to his promise and then everything's activated in your life. I'm trying to teach you something today that you can use tomorrow, that you can use this afternoon, that you can use getting out of this place. Somebody free in the house say, oh yeah! Come on church, God's calling us to a different place. The circles have purpose. 45 years fighting to give to everybody else. Your time's coming. Your time's coming. God will restore everything. And He wants to give you new. Restoration does not mean you get what you had before. It's not what you had before. It's what, you, what He has for you. But you got to put a demand on it. Somebody say, put a demand on it. Look at what Scripture says. Jesus speaking, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. This is Jesus. They bring Him a boy that was sick. And I need you to get this before we read it. Look at me, please. Not everything that goes wrong in your life is the devil. However, the devil is out to destroy us. There is spiritual warfare too. So don't be dumb and think that the devil is just looking at you. Especially as you get closer to God. But greater is he that is in you. In fact, greater is he is that you are in. Oof. <laughs> you and me. You and me. Me, I'm in you. So... As, as you understand that 
our God works everything for good, you learn to trust him. Somebody say trust. Jesus says, they bring him a person, they say, who sinned God? Have you ever felt guilty for something? Have you sinned something? It's like, bad things are coming. Come, especially the people that grew up in the church. Many people that grow up in the church, they don't look at it like that. They look at it like, hey man, well, that's life. But it's even worse because it's like, oh man, I can't go back to God because I did so many bad things. As if the cross is not enough. So they bring this person to Jesus and Jesus says, this, they say, who sinned? Why does bad things happen? Who sinned? And then Jesus says, it was not that he sinned or that his parents sinned. It's so that the glory of God may be manifested. It's about God. Somebody say full circle. Now in this case though, this person, the enemy has bringing this into his life. Are you ready? All right, let's read. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him, thrown him both into the fire, into the water. To what? I want you to see what the enemy wants to do with our kids, wants to do with our lives. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and helps us. I want you to see with a statement, if you can do anything. Is he believing or is he doubting? So he asked his father, how long? And he says, many years, and if you can have compassion on him. Jesus said to him, this is not, this is not your circle, man. If you can believe in me. But my mom, my dad, that boss at work has caused pain. It's trying to destroy me the enemy but this thought so God change it don't blame him at me if you can believe somebody say with me all things oh, don't blame the war on God are you hearing that in your spirit if you can believe where are you God where are you if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Somebody say that last statement with me and say it loud. Say it with me. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus takes him, heals him. He rebukes the demon and says, you are a deaf and mute spirit. You're a numb spirit, which is what's attacking our, our, our generation right now. A numb spirit. He rebukes it. And he's back to his senses. Rise him up. Say with me, full circle. Even when you don't believe, God still believes in you. And he's calling you and he's saying, I'm believing. Can you believe that he restored you? Can you believe that your ministry is not over? Can you believe that your marriage is not over? Can you believe that what I have for your kids is still standing? I need you to come back to the promise. Caleb came back to the mountain and said, if you give me that mountain, I'm going to go for it. Somebody say, go for it. If you can come back to his promise. So then I can understand Ezekiel 36. And this is what he wants to do as I finish. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Here's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to restore the old. He wants to put new. A new heart, a new spirit. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Why is your heart hardened? Why is it you can feel anything? Why is it you can feel God? Why is it you're not walking into the promise of God? Why is it that you forgot what he's done in your life? You need a new heart. 
I'll restore your heart full circle. Come back to what he's done. You don't deserve the mercy of God. I don't deserve, I don't care how religious you are, how much you think you've done for God, your circle. It doesn't matter how you put Jesus in the middle and you expand it until you're able to say, God, everything. You're not, your failure's not final. You're not too weak for him not to take you in. And you're not too big. Come on. He's greater and he's bigger. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. I know what I have for you. But I'm 85 years old. <laughs> Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I look into the translation of hope and future. You can translate it into eternity. My job, my life is finite. He will use anything and everything to bring you to Him. Because He's thinking about eternity. Thank you for joining us today. Here at Manantial, we are blessed to be a blessing. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing through our ministry, visit our website, manantialchurch.com give. Don't forget to subscribe to listen to more messages. And remember, here at Manantial, we are family.